Today we have Prasanna Kumar on the show. Prasanna started investing in multifamily just three or four years ago. And he and his team, get this, already manage over $500 million in assets. What I liked about talking with Prasanna is his team's focused on the impact on society. We are typically talking investor profits, and don't get me wrong, these guys are focused on the bottom line, but their purpose is so much bigger. They are focused on creating jobs. They are focused on creating amazing communities for tenants to live in. And they are also focused on building wealth for their investors and for their families. But this is more of a byproduct of executing on their mission to have an impact on society. Before we jump into the intro, if you have interest in learning how to invest passively, check out my five-step process for passively investing in real estate. You can download it for free by going to darrenbatchelder.com backslash learn and then select the free PDF. Now, onto the intro. Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing, be introduced to the players that are getting it done, and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder. A little background on Persona before we start the show. Prasanna lives in the DFW area with his wife and three children. His background is in the biomedical field with large corporations such as Abbott, Medtronic, and Boston Scientific. He was responsible for launching products around the world. He places great importance on building the right team and looking for ways to impact society. Now, onto the show. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Prasanna Kumar here. Prasanna, I appreciate you coming on the show. My pleasure, Darren. It's a fantastic uh, journey so far, and I'm glad I met you three years ago. I'm so excited. Yeah. And you know, you're the, you're, the, you're the first one, Darren, I met you in Brad Samrak. You're the very first gentleman I met you. I still remember. Is Darren, that right? Of, yes. I never forget that. That's, that's funny. So yeah, just a little bit about how we know each other. Um, we, we both were part of the same multifamily mentorship group, the Brad Sumrock group, um, but we didn't meet there. We met at another meetup. So we went to um, a couple, Mark and Tamil Kenny, who run another mentorship group called Think Multifamily. And um, they actually had a meetup group at their house and uh, we met at their house, it was probably what, 20, 30 people there. I mean, it wasn't like it was a huge um, showing, um, but we met there and uh, we just, we clicked, man. And, and um, whenever we see each other at conferences, we'd, we'd chat. And um, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember who was speaking that day at, the, at that meetup? Uh, that was Mark and... Um, uh, he had one of his students. Yeah, one of his... One of his uh, uh, partner, they bought a property in um, Memphis. Uh, then uh, they started sharing their success stories. They, it was yeah, more so like a family gathering, like 20, 30 people. 
Right. And, uh, you know, I met you. I also but it's met funny, you. But it's small world because the, the gentleman that talked about his success story was Chihiro Kurakawa. Chihiro, right. I know it and, the name. Yeah. And so, and I don't even think I spoke to him that day. Um, but I just recently partnered with him and David Legat on another deal in West Texas. So it, it's it's a small world once you get into this, you know, syndication space. Yeah, congratulations, Darren. I'm so proud of you. Uh, I remember Chihiro. Uh, he did, that was his first deal. Correct. And you got great partner, David Lagat, a successful right. entrepreneur. So wish you all the best, you know? Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. So yeah. um, appreciate you coming on. So, you know, for the listeners' benefit, how many properties and how many units are you currently invested in? Yeah, thanks, Darren. Um, if you don't mind, I want to start uh, by thanking, uh, first of all, all my mentors, um, including Brad yeah. Samrak. Raj Guntnur has been uh, uh, instrumental in teaching us. Uh, on top of that, I want to thank you, friends like you, have been um, teaching us and then have been supporting us and then most importantly, our investors who have been trusting us and uh, as part of our journey. You know, quick background about ourselves, uh, Darren. Uh, Orion, uh, I chose the name. It is the representation of the star constellation, Orion. The vision was to build a constellation of apartments. Uh, that's how we all started. Uh, myself, uh, Suresh, who lives in uh, Houston. Shivesh lives in uh, Dallas. We three started the journey together four or five years ago. But we have been doing investing acquisitions in Texas from 10 years. And we always had a vision to build an uh, organization. So we are not really looking at buying and selling properties. We are building a company, an organization with a purpose. So we measure our success not by how many properties we own or we sold, we measure our success by how we are impacting society. And we also believe in building a strong, coherent network of investors, a community. So that's how we go by. Never thought when I started this journey, uh, Darren, I would be in this uh, situation where we created 50 plus jobs this Holy year cow. alone. Yes, Did you 50 really? plus jobs. Wow. And they're, they're, some of them are in Canada, some of them are in Texas, some of them are in India. I never dreamt of creating jobs. You know, when I held my corporate job, I used to work on life-saving medical devices, like the pacemakers. Millions of lives have been saved on the job that I worked. That was very fulfilling. But when I transitioned into real estate, I always wanted to impact the society. And it is happening, that's why I love this job. You see, last year with COVID, a lot of people were not able to afford to pay rents. And I'm sure a lot of my friends who own apartments, they have done good job taking some of the responsibility of bearing those rental loss, the lost rents, all that, that tenants could not pay last year because of COVID. We kind of indirectly benefited the society by absorbing those losses. And we do some charity work at Orion Multifamily. And then we created jobs. So that is how we start measuring our success. 
we that's, did that's not a, have one job created two years ago now we are 50 people working but just to answer your question directly darren we were at zero portfolio 3 4 years ago and this year orion is closing 2021 at half a billion dollar in portfolio management just that in is crazy thank oh you my goodness and we never chased it we never had a plan to build half a billion dollar business just here this year alone we acquired over 300 million dollar in texas so that is kind of the byproduct of our hard work that is the byproduct of our of our trust that our investors have and that is happening and we don't set goals to buy billion dollar portfolio we set the goals how do we impact society how do we make our investors happy the rest all is just a byproduct that's amazing so i remember when when so we met at the that meetup group and then we saw each other at a bunch of conferences and then i think i got my first syndication deal before you guys got your first one and you guys were like you guys were busting you know your hump like you were you were working hard and you're like man how do how do you get one like i want to you know you were ready you and you guys were working really hard and then all of a sudden you get one and then it was just like you know the train went through and you guys just I kept know. loading up yeah um so i guess talk about that is that you know i've seen some people do that where they um you know getting that first one's tough but then once they get the first one they've learned and you know they're off to the races now you, you mentioned uh raj guntner um who was one of your mentors and he was one of your partners on your first deal so he kind of helped you guys get get your first deal and then you learned a lot from him and then you guys were off to the races so kind of talk about that a little bit absolutely no i really sincerely thank everybody who helped us um and then we want to help everybody who helped us that's our philosophy uh it's not a easy journey it was never a easy journey and it should not be nothing can be that easy to become so successful uh it was a lot of learning a lot of patience hard work and i'm so blessed to have my co partners shivesh who also by the way owns a mortgage services company in texas and suresh um we work very hard but we have a passion we have passion i think everybody should have passion otherwise the work will become stressful it should never be stressful you should enjoy and that's what that's what we're enjoying we work very hard but it is never a stressful thing we enjoy so we started our first deal with raj uh, it was a 16 million dollar uh, in total um we bought it uh uh through a um a seller who was in california and it was half market deal um and our investors are doing, going to do very well we are going to do extremely well uh again we were new honestly we were learning a lot and we learned from raj we also learned from people like you the la, the, the the platform that brad built and platform that is out there outside a lot of good people out there you continue to learn even today we learn it never Absolutely. stops it never stops market is always changing uh, nobody expected covid to show up it just disturbed disrupted 
many, many things. And you've got to learn and adapt. Change is the only constant thing. You've got to continuously learn and adapt. So therefore, we started uh, when the market was hot uh, in 2018. And then we bought our second property, three of us in Fort Worth again. Extremely challenging. Extremely challenging. We, and then the day we bought, the next day COVID happened. And it was a perfect storm. The day after you closed, <laughs> yeah. COVID, COVID, COVID happened. Wow. Right? And um, man, it was tough. Uh, we sailed through. We didn't give up. We sailed through. We fixed a lot of issues. And now the property is back to 95% occupancy and healthy. Fantastic. Uh, the point is don't give up. Don't right. give up. Be resilient and trust what you're doing and have a good team. Team is yeah, very, good, very important. Good team. And and I think you mentioned it before, like, um, you know, a good network, you know, because the network, you, you talk about COVID. Well, when it happened, all of a sudden, you know, Brad ended up bringing everybody on, on the line and, and you heard different syndicators with different levels of experience sharing how they were handling the situation. Nice. And for somebody that had one or two properties that was kind of new in the industry, man, that was a huge benefit to hear from other people, you know, yes. that had more experience. Definitely. Definitely. And um, after that, we were thinking, how do we take it from here? It's, it's COVID. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the next few years. There was a lot of uncertainties. But, you know, we believe in what Warren Buffett says. When others are greedy, you be fearless, right? So we took that approach. We started buying more and more and more during COVID because the business we are in is the fundamental necessity for humans. All of them shall have a roof to stay. It's not hospitality, it's not retail, it's not office spaces we are in. We are in a business that actually fulfills the human necessity. So we believe today that is one of the strongest factor for us to choose multifamily. Right. And it has done very well and is continued to do very well. Therefore, we decided therein that interest rates are so low, let's go buy more and more properties. And we believe there is a land for everybody, there is a multifamily for everybody, there's a deal for everybody, there's a house for everybody. So there is no lack of availability of deals. We just go buy good deals and then we keep continue to buy. And that is what has happened this year. We close um, December, $155 million portfolio we're buying. With that, we end the year with half a billion dollar asset under management. It's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, hey, I, I want to ask you to dig in a little bit on something that you said, because I haven't heard anybody anybody else really talk about this. Um, one that you, you know, I have a lot of syndicators that talk about, Hey, this is a feel good business, right? Because you're, you're helping, you know, grow the wealth of other investors and you're also improving the community um, that you purchase, you know, by uh, putting more rehab into it and, and improving the property. And so that that's an improvement to the tenants and all the people that live there. But you know, you came at it from a different kind of perspective when you say you're looking to 
your impact, you want to impact society. What yeah. does that mean to you and your team? Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, we're all here uh, as a human beings to help each other. I mean, that that's the fundamental difference between humans and others, right? Uh, you know, we, we get a um, lot of benefits in the society directly, indirectly. For example, from you, you could be benefiting me. Then I have a responsibility to give back in different way and form and shape back to the society. It may not be directly to you, but to the society. So we have a happy society and a prosperity exists for everybody. Therefore, we were thinking when we buy most of our assets are, um, you know, uh, blue collar jobs, people struggle to make ends meet. And from that regard, you know, we have been through these challenges. Most of us have been through these challenges when we were growing up. Uh, it wasn't easy for everybody. Even Warren Buffett had a tough time growing up, a lot of challenges. So we, we have a charity organization where we dedicate some part of our revenue to feed back into the society. And we also have a program where uh, we choose the tenants who cannot afford to pay rents, especially single moms, poor kids who cannot afford. We want to directly help them uh, through certain programs that we have launched. And lastly, before forgetting, Darren, um, when I was growing up as a student, I needed help. And I really thank those who helped me. Uh, so we bought a 384-bed student housing in Austin, in Austin campus itself. And we started a program where we wanted to help those students who needs financial help or even offer some kind of a free living for them who qualify wow. in our property. So those are the small, smaller examples of how we want to help give back to society. And also on the job creation side, if you think about, you know, you're acquiring new properties and then you add jobs back into the property. Uh, those are a direct uh, impact to the society. So we have more programs coming in this direction where we want to help charity, donations and things like that. I think to me that is what is more satisfying. I, we never calculate how many units we actually own or manage. We don't even look at it. That, so. That's a, that's awesome. So, you know, 50 jobs, that's a, that's a lot of jobs. So... You know, I've I've heard other syndicators where they're they're growing and they add an asset manager or two. Like, right. how do you get fifty jobs? Yeah, see, we we take pride in serving our investors because without them we don't exist. Taking care of them, providing class of service, um, it requires a good amount of staff to support that. And we believe in quality work, and quality doesn't come cheap. And we got to have uh, people supporting all the operational work. That is happening. So we need people. So we have hired quite a bit. And, uh, you know, asset management, as you mentioned, you know, we have properties in Houston, in Dallas, Austin. We are buying some in secondary market. Uh, so what's the, what's the team in India responsible for? Uh, you, you yeah, said some of the, you know, mundane work, you know, you know taking calls, responding to investors, uh, you know, all those uh, emails and stuff like that so that we can focus more on 
strategic initiatives myself shivesan suresh um therefore we are structuring our organization more like an institution than we are not just a sponsors we are that is not our vision our vision is to build a purposeful a purpose driven organization that impacts society while we offer superior returns to our investors so that's our that's, that's very cool now um with that using that word institution you know most syndicators are raising capital for the deals from high net worth individuals you know is the goal to eventually have more and more institutional money coming into your your camp versus having to um go out to you know high net worth individuals or are you looking just to scale that the current platform yeah good question um we started with uh, friends and family uh, you know and then that number exploded you know we got uh, thousands of investors uh, that we have in our network <clears throat> our goal is to create wealth and financial freedom for all our trusted investors so with that we created a an equity channel equity partner called nanbon uh nanbon n a n b a n nanbon okay so that's another organization which is uh, started in dallas um they are heavily focused on creating financial freedom and doing lot more charity work for investors who are interested in investing hedge funds and that group uh, and orion joined together to create a platform for investors investing in real estate so that one channel is going to uh, target our retail investors if you will now the other channel for us is large institutions we have closed two deals and we are closing a large portfolio with uh, institutional investor coming from new york and california we already started the journey and they are part of our investments they are multi billion so, dollar companies investing in our so deals so talk talk about that because i think it's a little different than a lot of syndicators one how how do you get your foot in the door with these large institutional players um two how do they look at the deal differently than somebody who's investing 50 grand or 200 grand or 100 grand um because they're most likely writing you know multi million dollar checks to um to get part of these deals oh great question i mean uh, you know to have a relationship built and uh, working with a large scale institutional private equity firms it's not easy you got to have some minimum qualifications credentials uh in order to just to have a step in the door to have a conversation with them so um, what's like, what what is, is there a standard like um, mi- minimum creden- credential yeah um there is no minimum standard therein it goes back to uh, the the founders of the company what they do and how well they're managing their assets what is their philosophy investment philosophy how are they running the operations so they're going to look around a 360 degree angle because they're taking risk to invest with us sure definitely. sure so are they looking at a certain size like so you know what you needed to be 
you said you're you're going to be closing on a, on a deal that's going to get you to 500 million in assets. Was it after you were 100 million in assets or 250 million in assets? Did that matter, or did, does it did it not matter? Um, yes or no. Uh, there is no hard number. You have to have 250 million dollar asset in management. No. Uh, in this business, it's all about relationship. Very, very important. Uh, that is why I remember when I first uh, started my journey. Uh, I don't know if you remember this gentleman. He's um, part of the Brad Samra group. Uh, he mentioned that don't go and search for deals. Go search for good people. You got to have a good people for a long, successful journey. So that's what we worked mostly on, building strong relationship with brokers, with lenders, with private equity groups. And they will look at you as a, a solid leaders who can run this organization. What's my background? Even my background from a corporate world was more in marketing and strategy. If you look at a multifamily business, you're just a P&L. It has got a P&L, you got revenue coming in, you got expenses, and you got free cash flow. But if you know how to manage every line item, it's another business. For us, multifamily is not just real estate. The way we look at it is, it's a business. You have financial team, you got marketing, you got operations, you got investor management, you got lending, all that. So you got to look at a 360 degree business not just one property you buy and sell. You can do that, that is a short-term success. What we took approach was, how do I build a strong organization that can support all functional areas of this business? And I come from a strong marketing business strategy background. Shivesh has been doing lending as a brokerage for 15, 20 years in, in Texas. Mm. Suresh lives in Houston for 21 years. He does all this back-end infrastructure operations work. So we have a perfect team that brings solid background. So that's why that's how we projected ourselves. We are not just uh, someone who buys and sells property. Sure. We run organization. We know how to run organization. That made a huge impact. You, when you go talk to those institutions, they are not looking at you as a one-trick pony who can buy and sell. They're right. looking at it as a 360 degree angle. You know, tomorrow I could be looking very successful, but can I continue to be successful? What are the risks? So they do a risk profiling on you. And then they do a lot of checks, background checks on you, all that. So you got to- where, where did you meet them? You said you've, you've, you've dealt with two. So where did, yeah. did you meet them at a conference or did somebody introduce you to them? Or did you cold call them? How, how did you guys meet? Yeah, no, we don't cold call any investor, anybody. They come to us. Because if you do a good job, the news spreads by itself. That's what our philosophy. So we did not cold call. It has been a word of mouth. Um, some of the brokers we work with, uh, they allowed working with us. We close all the deals on time, even during COVID. And they say, Prasanna, let's uh, talk about this opportunity. And I, I know I got a large P firm wants to work with you. Should we have a call with them? And when you present to them, you got to present like you're presenting to Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. You got to be that level of uh, play. 
you cannot be talking at a lower level they will not even entertain you sure right so you have to up the game you have to play at different level because so let me ask you this now you you you're in with two um i've heard a lot of syndicators that have transitioned over the last year two years more from moving from bc to a properties and some that are even moving to you know ground up new construction and you know when i think of you know these the large large um you know deals and the institutional money i that's what i think of is, is them getting involved in those a properties um what's your focus are you staying in the kind of the bc area or are you trading up what what are they looking for yeah see how we go back to our fundamental philosophy um we got a 63 point checklist it has to cross all that uh fundamental criteria is not the class of asset it is the location we really look at location uh it has to be a substantially stronger demographic where the tenants can afford to pay rents to support your business plan so location supported by strong job growth location supported by good schools location supported by solid infrastructure accessibility uh so we are very particular on that i'll give you a small example there was a portfolio that was on sale there were 10 properties it was all over the country and there was one property in la in that portfolio 1929 built among the 10 properties in the portfolio that 1929 built had the highest rent per square foot $3.25 holy cow and then in the same portfolio there was a 2020 built with with $1.50 per square foot so we are uh, very much driven by data you know we are engineers and we look at data and we do lot of analysis and that's one of the key differentiation that we have our team in india supports that and suresh is one of our key guy who does this slicing and dicing the data uh, so to your point a deal that make economic sense that has a good return strong return for our investors we we go abc albo all the three categories but uh, we did another amazing thing very creative thing this year we started a fund a fund with a solid diversification of asset class solid diversification of geography so in this fund we have five properties um i'm i'm i think this is very unique fund in dallas alone we have a b and c classes of properties in that fund and then all the properties are geographically distributed in dallas houston austin and then secondary market so when we presented this uh, fund to our investors we said you write one check one check to invest in this fund you have superior superiorly diversified investment choice with these five properties in nation's top markets and they are all mixed with a and b and c your risk is amazingly distributed and then you don't have to worry if one property fails other one will fire and you're good so we are closing that fund in december we we bought five properties under that fund 
It's awesome. uh, extremely well received. So will you do everything as a fund moving forward? Well, not really. Uh, we have uh, a lot of other equity partners wants to join us and they say, I want to buy a property. I cannot. I have equity. Please help me. Right. They say, I just want to buy one property to start with. Uh, we might do that. Uh, but fund is a way to go, in my opinion. Uh, it brings a lot of efficiency. It brings uh, risk adjustments, you know. Um, a lot of uh, benefits in the fund. Uh, if you know yeah, you, I mean, you, you can also be, um, you know, raising capital for a longer period of time where with the syndication, it's like you get the deal under contract and then you've got six weeks to, you know, get, you know, get everything yeah. presented to the investors and get the doc signed and get all the money in. Right. And then, the, then they're wait, you know, waiting for the next deal and it could be next month or it could be six months down the road. You don't, Absolutely. you know, they don't know and you don't know. Yeah. Um, so, but if you have a fund and you, you purchase your first asset and they have more capital, they could end up investing the, the following month or recommendations. Talk about um, recommendations because I've referrals. I've heard that from syndicator after syndicator, like how'd you grow your investor base? Well, we performed <laughs> yeah. on our first property. Yeah. And then after that, they went and told their brothers and sisters and friends and colleagues. Um, do, have you seen that same experience? No, we did not take that approach. I think we took the approach. Our whole idea was to learn, build knowledge. We believe in building knowledge. And then work hard and implement those business strategies and then show results. And then the result will speak and then people will come to us. So we never did a direct marketing. Our syndication was we just started with the known friends and family and then they spread the word. Here is Orion team, this is what they do. And we are very transparent about our business plan, what we do. And, uh, you know, we three have written a credo this way. The credo says, investors come first. Even if we don't make money, that's okay. We will make sure our investors are treated first. And then anything left is for us. Um, that's how we three believe and, you know, you've seen a lot of syndicators, they go and meet in conferences and make a team. They make some deals that they exit. You've seen a lot of them doing like that. They don't stick along for a long time. But we are... Together, you mean? Together, yeah. I mean, you've seen that, uh, Darren. And yeah. we don't do five or six, you don't see us soliciting or advertising our deals until we close it. And you've seen people... Even they go under an LOI contract, they're, you know, showing off, saying, you know, we are under contract with this property, blah, 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 just to solicit. It's another way of soliciting. We don't do that. It has been completely organic, natural growth for us, um, just based on word of mouth and uh, uh, we being very transparent and we being very conservative in our underwriting. Uh, therefore, the word is spreading. Um, North, East, South, West, uh, and then large institutional uh, investors. Uh, that has been our syndication process. It is very uh, different than what you see in others. You know, there are people who are just there to raise money, and then they start, you know, becoming like a co-GP or something, 
and then they will take the deal and then go blast it everywhere on facebook uh we don't believe in that we believe in a structural way of uh, growing and we want to build as an organization not as uh, some deal makers we are not deal makers so well i understand that and you know there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of people out there that want to build a big organization um and so you're you're definitely different in that uh, capacity i don't you know from my personal perspective i don't know that one way is right and the other way is wrong um because you know there's there may be somebody you know on facebook or on instagram that didn't know how to do it and they may invest with with a syndicator that gets them into a good deal that makes them good money um and exposes them to an industry they they weren't exposed to before um hey you talked about your your background you said it was more marketing strategy talk about what it, what did you do before you got into real estate investing yeah thanks darren um you know before i started real estate uh, i was working for uh, biomedical firms um, i don't know people know these companies uh, definitely they know this company abbott yes, abbott is the abbott. first one that came up with the covid uh, testing uh, i remember uh, trump inaugurated this product last year at, in front of white house abbott has this uh, small box that you can know, it will test for covid but abbott is a very large uh, medical devices company i worked for abbott metronic boston scientific uh, it was an amazing career uh, because i worked on a product that saves lives for cardiac patients uh, pacemakers that goes inside the body and i worked on those technologies and what was your, what, in what capacity i started in research and development then after i did my mba from michigan ross school of business i moved into marketing and business strategy uh, in these firms and i have launched brand new products all over the world so commercialization of uh, these products across the globe uh, comes with a lot of responsibility knowledge and experience and that's where when i mentioned about pnl i can i can dissect any pnl any business uh, because i'm that's the strength i bring to the table uh, so having hands on experience building a marketing team launching global products to me multifamily is another product yeah I, I think it's important to understand, you know, what are people's background? You know, what what are you bringing? Because you're bringing all of that experience to the table, you know? And I've met people in all different walks of life that are in real estate. Some started out as, you know, single family real estate investors and then just kind of scaled up. And others came from the corporate world in C-level type positions. And, um, you know, all of that experience really lends itself to being able to be leveraged if you use it in the right way in in the multifamily world. So Definitely. it's interesting to hear your background. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean one of the lessons learned for me in my corporate career is how do you think of building a team and impact the society? I mean those two aspects I'm bringing here to this new business. How do I build a team? How do I impact society? uh whether it is real estate anything i would have done i could have done something else too sure but i chose to do this because i love what i'm doing you know as i said 
it has a direct impact on society. I mean, we continue hey, to build this. Let me ask you this because you br- you've brought that up m- multiple yeah. times about impacting society. Um, had I can't remember who it was, but I had a guest on who said, you know, whenever he's out, you know, looking at a property to buy, he goes and meets with the the town and hey, we're planning on purchasing this property. You know, how can we benefit the community? Do you guys get involved with anything like that where you, you actually try to do kind of, you know, get involved with helping the community from a, from a you know, public standpoint? Yeah, we have different programs we are launching, you know, including donating blood and uh, school tuition for kids yeah, and uh, we're part of our tenants. Uh, there are many programs working on. That's why our goal is to increase and expand that part of the business, uh, not really expand number of units. You know, uh, we are more motivated from that perspective. Yes, you know, every property we buy, there is a percentage of tenants we allocate to help them. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, um, how does that work? Do you... because Look, I mean, part of that, when you build the business plan, you know, if you're maximizing cash flow and pushing as much returns to the investors as possible, um, but if you're going to do these programs, some of these programs are going to eat into that. And so you can, I'm thinking you could do that in one of two ways. One is just that part of the cash flow or part of the profitability of the property, you know, is you tell your investors, hey, we're going to allocate a certain percentage to these programs, or you actually fund a third-party charity that you've set up, and then that charity kind of reimburses. Let's use the example of, um, you mentioned the student housing program in in Austin um, for students. Say you have a student that applied, you guys approve him, um, you're going to give him free rent. Does the property just eat that? Or does a third-party charity that you've set up fund his lease and then somehow you guys just replenish the, the charitable fund? Yeah, great question. So we are very strict with that. Uh, we are not going to touch the property's cash flow. Uh, to feed for the charity. That's not the case. Uh, it is the third-party charity organization that I mentioned, Nanbon, and other organization we have, and we ourselves donate. That's the one funding um, because we are very particular about how we uh, manage investors, investors' investment. So to answer your question, it's the latter, you know? So it's coming from the charity. So you guys fund these third-party charities, and then when you have a program, um, say you give somebody free rent, they end up paying the property, the, the rent, and then uh, as needed, you guys yeah. replenish that charity. Yeah, it should never be the other way. We cannot take uh, money from properties, operations, and then feed it to the charity. Well, I mean, I, that's why I asked the question. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah, Look, yeah. you could do that if, if all the investors no. understood it. You know, and and agreed to it. You, I mean, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a law against it, a, but you, you know, um, but I think it makes it more clean, like the way way you're doing it. 
we have we have a platform where we ask the investors there's a large investors platform and uh, they donate for many many programs we have and this is one of the program and we so we have a non non charity i mean the charity non for profit uh, now registered uh, so they allocate the fund to our real estate related uh, charity programs and even bigger ones that's very so cool it's very clean very nicely done Hey, I want to go back to the fund question because yeah. it's funny. I, I've I've had a lot of syndicators on, and you know when you do your first syndication, one, one you guys were partnered with Raj, so you may not have been fearful of of raising the capital. But a lot of syndicators, their first syndication deal, that's one of the big fears is like, am I going to be able to raise the the capital? Right. Um, so. Syndicators then all of a sudden they do one, two, three, five deals, and now they're completely confident that they're gonna they're gonna raise the capital, right? Yeah. And so then I asked them, why don't you start a fund? And it gets quiet. <laughs> it's like there's I can tell there's like another fear factor of like they yeah. know how to do a syndicated deal, but what happens Look, they they have this great reputation. What happens if they create a fund and they don't raise enough capital for the fund because they don't have the properties identified yet? You know, will investors invest before seeing the properties? So my question to you is, you know, did you guys have that fear and how'd you get over it if you did? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, that is how you start. You you always have to have a fear. The fear will drive you anything for that matter, right? So, we have been used to the traditional syndication, you bring the property and then you present to the investors and then show the business model all that. And so there are certain set of investors, they know how the fund works. They're used to that. So you got to target them. Or if you want to target your existing investors who are used to the the old traditional way of syndication, they want to see the property before they invest. Now you have the job to condition them, educate them. If you do that well, then they know what you're trying to do, they'll invest. If you don't know how to condition your investors, they say, no, until a property is sure, I'm not going to write a check. Then you need to target other investors and uh, you got to go from there. So it is a transition. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to build that or you should go work for some uh, institution as a fund manager. <laughs> now, see how they do See yeah, how they do it? How they do it and also remember, if it is a fund, it is offered by some institution. Institution has a brand name. They have created awareness. So investors investing in, for example, Goldman Sachs or whatever, they know right. what Goldman Sachs is. They know that um, credibility, they invest. They don't care for which property are you buying. Are you buying in Irving or Austin? They don't care. They right. invest. Right. So how do you get there? See, these are all very powerful things you don't create that overnight it takes years right so to your question you said you said something that was was right on the money was that 
you know, fear, you, you've got to go after the next fear. And, and like, that's, that's something that so many people, you know, once they have that fear, they get, you know, they're like a deer in headlights and they can't, yeah. you know, can't take action in the midst of that fear. And then the other successful people, they have the fear, but they still go out and do it. Yeah. Even though. That's true. You got to be brave. You have to take some bets on. You got to, you got to experiment sometimes. But before that, learn, educate yourself or be with the right people. You know, you can't have all the chips in your pocket. Right? You got to share and grow. You have to have a solid team. If you really want to grow big, you got to have a big team. Uh, otherwise, you alone cannot go. I mean, I've seen a lot of syndicators. They want to just do on their own everything. Keep changing their teams. It doesn't work. Building team, human dynamics is very, very challenging. You know, building a team and then hold on to it is very important. Uh, every day, you know, they make deal with the new, new partners. It doesn't go long. That's why we are different. We want to stay with our core people, core partners. That's awesome. You, so you said be with the right people. You know, talk to, you know, there's listeners that are, you know, they may be first timers. They, they haven't invested, you know, in real estate and multifamily before. And then there's other investors that, you know, they're syndicators or they're people that are looking, you know, they've done one deal and they want to scale. Um, if you're looking to get around the right people and learn this industry and learn who you, to invest with, you know, what approach would you take? Yeah, see, I, this is all personal thing. And my my way of looking at things are, you know, you. I want to work with people who have a true passion and they have high, with a lot of integrity. You know, those two things, I look at it. I really don't care whether he has a real estate experience or not. I bet somebody who can, uh, who, can uh, who do, wants to work in real estate, multifamily, couple of years, will pick it up. But... If that person doesn't have integrity, person doesn't have commitment, is coming to make money, I don't want. I don't want to work with people who makes money. I want to work with people who have that strong vision, who wants to help each other. It's very, very important. Money will automatically come to your pocket. If you really have that kind of a passion, commitment, helping each other, money is a byproduct. You got to have you a know, quality approach. You, like... I understand what you're saying and, and I know that you guys have seen it in, in reality, but there are people that are reading books that are listening to podcasts. They've heard that and they can't believe it, but you know, you and I are here to tell you, tell them like, look, it's true. Like focus on the other stuff, focus on the people, focus on delivering value to others. And then, the money comes. Definitely, Darren. See, how long it took for you and me to kind of know each other and then have that understanding, okay, this is Darren. This is his integrity. I'll, I'll tell you some science because I come from a strong science background. Building trust, knowing each other is a function of time and commitment. So... It doesn't happen overnight. Everybody looks good when you meet in conferences. They all look good. They all talk well. But when you continue the journey for a couple of years, it takes a couple of years to know a person 
and that person to share your dream you should share his dream together then it will happen if their vision is different your vision different it doesn't go right so you got to have a common vision common purpose and you should be nice to work with guy otherwise the team dynamics will break it doesn't work but how do you know a person is the best to work with you cannot make the decision in just first meeting even you know couple getting married they date for a couple of years right then they decide okay he is the boy he is a girl i should hang out with so a lot of these investors or syndicators they meet in some conferences they talk some cool stuff they say let's let's make a partnership and then let's do some deals uh no it it is a function of time and some it takes some time to build that trust likingness I think you're right on with time. I mean, if you think about, you know, some of your strongest relationships in your lifetime, you know, some of them can date back to growing up years, you know, uh, middle school or high school. Some of them are college. And, and why is that? I believe it's because of time. Yes. You... You've spent so much time with those people that you've had shared so many experiences with those people that it builds that level of trust. Absolutely. There is no substitute for experiential knowledge. What it means is you got to experience. There is no substitute. You read a book, listen to podcast or go to some conference. that will get you some level of experience but having experiencing and building that knowledge is a different thing for that it takes time because that's how we are all built humans it takes time it takes 9 months to make a baby same thing it takes a year probably 2 years to build a team and look now if somebody meets you for the first time now right or in december when you guys close on another deal and you are ceo of orion and you are perceived as this highly successful business owner that owns 500 million in multifamily assets right if somebody met you 3 years ago when you're chasing your first deal they see you differently you know you're a hustler you're you know you're not a hustler but you're a you know go getter and people think that it's overnight success but there's a, there's a lot of hard work in any kind of industry right whether you're an athlete well you think about the the touchdown catch but really there was tons of hours of practice and working out in the gym to get there hey talk about I'm changing gears on you how you grew up where did you grow up brothers sisters rich poor and did you know you were going to be the success you are right now oh yeah thank you yeah i i grew up in uh, india I was born in uh, bangalore which is called the silicon valley of uh, asia you name any company in california or in europe all those technology companies started in bangalore i w- i went to bangalore but it was I was with PepsiCo and it was probably 30 plus years ago. Oh, okay. Um, 
it was, was but I, 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 I had a great time in India and, and I yeah. bounced around different cities and I was in Bangalore. Um, but go, go on. So you grew up in Bangalore. Yeah, born and brought up in Bangalore. I went to school there. Um, I was the eldest of the three children from my parents. Um, you know, everybody goes through uh, some kind of challenges and struggle. And um, I went through uh, some significant challenges um, financially. Uh, I somehow felt I had the drive to do always better in sports or in academics or anything for that matter. You know, being disciplined and being the eldest, I had the responsibility of the whole family. So I worked hard and then came to US in 98 uh, to do my master's. Um, did my master's in Chicago. Uh, and then worked for uh, Fortune 500 companies, especially in those companies I talked about, life-saving sure. uh, products I worked on. Then I did my master's uh, in the business administration, MBA, from um, Michigan School, Law School of Business. And then you see um, behind me the, the picture uh, where uh, our roster is posted in Wall Street Journal. So I got a double master's uh, uh, in US, and then uh, I had a engineering background from India. Um, you know, to me, the most motivating thing is um, work hard and, you know, work smart and be with the right people. Uh, so, I, my, my son goes to, uh, he plays a varsity tennis in Frisco High School. Okay. I remember a poster right in front of his uh, desk. I brought it from a uh, store, Federer, Roger Federer's poster. I get motivated by reading that and I, I wanted him to be. It says, there is no substitute for hard work. No substitute for hard work. Period. So, nothing comes for free, nothing comes easy. You got to work hard and that has been the success for me. Even today, all the three of us, we work very hard. You know, when you're talking about building this half a billion dollar portfolio, it was not at all easy. But we never feel stressed. We loved, we love what we're doing. That is why it has been successful. It's but amazing. Got to work hard. There is no substitute. So you, when you were talking about being a kid, you said you had some financial struggles and then you said you always wanted to be better or always thought you would be better. What, what, did, you, what did you mean by that? Yeah, I don't know. It could be my, my birth... Uh, uh, skills are the traits you have. I wanted to be number one in studies, number one in sports. You know, I was uh, I was a good uh, cricketer. Uh, the British sport, cricket, almost resembles the baseball sport. I used to play so well, but I always wanted to be uh, a good player, a good student uh, in academics wise. So that's how I had that always in me, doing well. Um, so financially, yes, it was, uh, I don't want to share all that, but it was extremely, extremely difficult where today I remember to have, to provide a shelter for our tenants who is, were in need. I had that situation when I was well, good. Up. Well, good for you. Good for you. I mean, you, you, you took that and, um, you didn't forget. 
you know yeah and, i mean uh, and, it was very tough uh, journey and then i never envisioned i will be coming to uh, america and doing all this uh, even with all that therein uh, i am proud to say you know i got two patents in my name uh, those products that i said i worked on i have two patents uh, uh, on those space makers fantastic amazing thing that that is success to myself that's all i wanted and i i i'm good with that i i don't need billions of dollars uh, i'm happy with what i have achieved already that that's fantastic hey uh, typically i ask what's the next big stretch goal but i'm just i know already know your answer is like i just want to impact society more you know <laughs> yes yes uh, we want to have 1000 jobs created we want Th- to 1000 jobs <laughs> yeah. holy cow yeah 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 we are uh, very passionate about that you know fantastic awesome hey what do you like to do outside of work um love to ski you know snow i live in minnesota yeah snow ski uh skied in colorado uh, skied in uh, minnesota i love to play tennis i play cricket quite a bit uh just touring around the world so cricket can you can you pl- i i'm a little naive <laughs> so can you play cricket in a few hours I mean I hear that cricket games could go on for days. Yeah, there is a World Cup going on as we speak. Uh they're the shortest version. Uh you can wrap up the game in 4 hours. Uh so it is a much shorter version than the baseball game right now. Um it is uh, also a big uh, big sport. I think after soccer highly followed sport. Yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely around yeah. the world, right? Around I mean, it's world. it's yeah. it's huge. Hey, Prasanna, um if somebody wants to you say people come to you, you know, go out and and market. If somebody wants to get to know you and your team better, what's the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. Thanks, Darren. Uh, first of all, appreciate you having me. It's absolutely. a great pleasure. I know very first time I saw you. You know, now I'm so happy you found your passion. You're doing this amazing job. Well, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. I've met a lot of great people and and I've learned a ton. Everybody I talked to, I learned I've known you for a long time and I didn't know everything that we just talked about, yeah, you know? So yeah. it it's exciting to learn. Absolutely. Yeah, uh they can reach out to us on www.orion-re.com. Um there is a contact link So it's www.orion-re.com. Yeah. That's it. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. yeah well, um, Prasanna again, thank you for coming on. Um listeners, I hope that you enjoyed that one. This guy's a rock star and I can't believe that, you know, he's put 500 million of assets on in in the last like 2 years. Can't wait to see what he does in the next year or two. Um until next week. Sign off. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you, and please share the show with a friend. Thank you.